Hello. Is everyone here? Hi. How are Hi. I'm here. I'm, I'm all that matters. Erica, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Good. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you perfectly. How are you guys doing? Ex, uh, I, I will not complain. I'm doing amazing. How are you? I'm perfect. I'm so happy to see you. So, so I, Erica, so you know who I am and your fans do. I own a whole bunch of brands, Bel Air, Bamboo, McQueen, uh, Beyond. Um, I'm in the liquor space. I get to interview. I have this series called Self Made. I get to interview uh, celebrities, musicians, business people, actress, actors. Um, awesome. I start out the same way. I start out the same way with everybody. And I, I want to know uh, what, it, what do you think self made means to you? Oh my gosh. I think anyone who has pretty much pulled their self up from their own bootstraps um, and made it from the bottom. Um, is self-made, you know, anyone who hasn't had, you know, a silver spoon handed to them and pretty much, you know, went out and believed in their dreams and did whatever it took to make those dreams take place is self-made. Um, do you think of yourself as having struggled? Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, and I grew up not too far from like where New Edition, Bobby Brown, everybody grew up. And, you know, for me growing up, I saw a lot of uh, drug addiction. I saw a lot of um, obstacles in front of me. Um, but I always had a dream of, you know, being an actress and being an activist um, simultaneously. So I worked a lot with a lot of nonprofit organizations, um, but it wasn't easy coming up at all. Um, I overcame a lot of those obstacles growing up, went on to go to Howard University and uh, moved back to Boston to work for an all-girls detention center. And I found myself uh, at the time really thinking about moving to Atlanta with my daughter and my then, uh, her dad at the time, and really just starting my life in Atlanta. And my only dream was just to have more kids and like, you know, um, continue this activist work that I was doing. Um, but entertainment came knocking on my door again and I found myself acting and doing a lot of uh, TV and film work as well. So yeah, I had so many obstacles in my way, so many. I mean, I don't even know where, where to begin. So where, where did you, as a young girl, where did you get inspiration for what you wanted to be? Whether it's an activist, whether it's someone doing acting, where does that inspiration come from? Oh, my gosh. So, you know, growing up, I was one of four children in a single parent household. My mom did whatever she could do to pretty much uh, provide for us. And for me, I saw a lot of people who were affected by their circumstances, whether it be social economic um, effects that were negative on their life. And then I saw the outcome of that. And I said, a lot of times people just needed uh, mentorship and guidance. So that sparked my activism um, seed, you know, it planted the seed in me that continuously grows. And I do a lot of activism work. I don't post about it a lot because I feel like it, you know, genuinely that's something I want to do. And entertainment, uh, my mom made sure that even though we didn't have a lot growing up, she made sure I did every free program in the city. So I played mm -hmm. classical piano. 
I'm trained classically in ballet. I dance for Boston Ballet. Um, I grew up drawing and painting. My favorite medium was charcoal and oil paints. Um, I, like I said, I dance classical ballet, play classical music, and then acting came about later. So I think for me, it was just the love of art in all its mediums, including music. Um, I never had a voice, so I could never sing. Um, but I always respected all artists from all uh, genres and all mediums. Do people know that about you? Do you think most people know that you had such an affinity for the arts <laughs> and you, you performed in the arts? I don't think a lot of people know that about me, which is pretty cool because I'm really, you know, a private person. Uh, but I think that it's it comes about, you know, when you see me on screen, you definitely know that I'm trained um, in theater. Uh, I've done like stage um, theater, I've done film and I've done television as well. But when it comes to piano and ballet, people don't know that at all. So this might be the first place and the first time a lot of people are actually hearing that about me. No. Because, because I, I always find it interesting because I'm coming at it talking to you because of all the recent things you're doing. So the average person just thinks you're always famous. You've always right. been doing this, you know? No. So, and I think that's the side that's always missing is whether it's right. your daughter or the other people looking up, they don't get to know the fact that, you know what, this was your area. This is what you, right. you knew this well. This is what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. This, you know, um, and then even in Boston, you know, there's a lot of amazing actors that come from Boston. Um, and, you know, a lot of people know, you know, the guys, Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon and all those guys. But for me, growing up, I grew up in a very different Boston um, from what you might see in film. And so there's 16 neighborhoods that make up Boston and each of them is home to a specific ethnic group, which is, it's pretty cool how that happened. Um, back in like the busing era, a lot of people were coming from all over, from Europe. Um, you have Italians, the Irish, the West Caribbean community, Cuban and Jamaican and uh, what Brazilian. It's just, Boston is a melting pot of diversity. And so being in this um, city growing up, I was able to see the effects of entertainment um, on different cultures. So a lot of people like my dad's side of the family comes from Trinidad. Music is a huge uh, element of expression in our culture. So food, music and family are like three of the most important things um, in Caribbean culture. And then, you know, just being in such a melting pot, I was able to see, like I said, ballets, um, Irish dancing, um, Italian music being played. You literally can walk through Boston and walk through these neighborhoods and just feel a breath of fresh air. Um, and you get to tap into different cultures. So moving to Atlanta, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like I have all this diversity and all this like energy from being raised in Boston and being around so many different people. And here in Atlanta, most people are into in the entertainment industry. Yeah. A lot of people are like in film and TV and music. So it just, it felt like home. It felt like home. Um, and even when I was going to Howard University, I was always like, you know, just always finding myself going to ballets in DC, uh, plays, you know, like, Theater and entertainment is just really, um, it really has a, a cool place in my life.
So is is and I, I read that we're going to talk about Secret Society, which is just amazing, and congratulations yeah. on all the success. But I'm curious. I saw this interview of you, and you're talking about you and Tina, and you relate to her. Oh, um, so much. You said, I'm going to quote you, beauty is being rejected. Beauty is so many obstacles in your way. Like, mm. what is that? Tell me, because I, I can, I, to me, everything I've ever done, my success is based on being rejected. That's why it happened. So what, yep. is, what does those two things mean for you? Well, for me, I'll just give you guys a snippet, but, you know, even though, my mom, she did the best that she could do with all four of us growing up. Um, I found myself in foster care um, at a very young age for a couple of years. And that was probably the first time in my life that I actually felt um, a sense of rejection from a, from a, young, from a young child. Um, I also was in this program called METCO, which took gifted inner city kids and bused them to the uh, suburban communities that were more affluent to get a better education. And um, most of the kids in these neighborhoods didn't look like me. They didn't really understand like where I came from. So that was another, what, eight years, middle school and high school of my, my life feeling a sense of you know rejection or not really knowing where I fit in. Um, I found myself in an abusive relationship many years ago that I was thankful to, to come out of on the other side. So I'm a survivor of domestic violence. So there's been so many obstacles in my life and so many uh, times where people told me, you can't do that, you won't do that, uh, you're dreaming too much, how are you gonna do that? Look at you, look at where you're at now. And now I just feel like, like such a sigh of relief because I'm finally where I wanted, where I saw myself. I just didn't know how I was going to make these dreams come true. And um, thank God, you know, the universe has a great way of putting the right people in your way. So I had some great mentors and friends along the way that helped, you know, uh, make sure that I made these dreams come true. So, so, so I'll give you an example with me. I, I had to make, one day I just made a decision. I'm going to do it. I stopped talking. Just do it. I committed to something. Was there yes. one day where it turned on you? I'm. 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 Gonna, I'm not. I'm going to use your quote. I'm going to be unapologetic. Like, was there a moment that that happened? Well, I'm just sipping to no, celebration. I'm Cheers. actually celebrating uh, with my Bel Air Rosé, but I'm. I'm very happy that you asked that question because there, the moment that I felt like I made it, I will never forget. I was actually in LA and this was after like my love and hip hop um, uh, debut. And I was feeling like, even though I'm grateful for that opportunity, how can I, how can I like step into TV and film and really portray and really display my talent? You know, yeah. um, reality TV, you know, it's, entertaining for a lot of people but for me I really wanted to feel productive and purposeful and um, I remember flying to LA to audition for NWA I had no agents no management at the time I had no idea what I was doing and I just showed up to this open casting and when I get to LA I remember there was a sign on the door and it was like audition has been moved to next weekend 
Now I had just spent like $900 on a one-way flight <laughs> and I was just feeling kind of defeated, you know? And I remember walking down the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame and I saw a star and John Singleton's name was on the star. And I said, wow, I have to work with John Singleton. Like, not only does he push the envelope, but he's such an incredible storyteller and he's such a staple in our culture in TV and film. And I remember knowing, remembering that him and Tupac were really close. And I said, wow, I wonder if John Singleton's gonna be the one to direct the Tupac film. I wanna be in that film. And I literally took a picture of it and I posted it on my Instagram. This was years ago. And I said, I don't know how this is gonna happen, but I have to be in this film. Well, fast forward, 2016, I met this incredible woman named Winsome Sinclair, who's a casting director in Atlanta. And she was like, I met her for five minutes. And as soon as I walked into her office, there was this huge painting of her and Tupac from Juice, from the Juice movie set. And I was like, oh my God, I love Pac. I love Tupac. Like, I'm obsessed. And she's like, don't we all? She was like, he was a great mentee of mine. And um, I, she was like, I, there were some incredible things about him that I know that a lot of people just didn't get to experience. And I wish that they would have. And so we just went on and on to talk about Tupac. And I had to run out for another interview. And literally that 10 minutes where we sat talking about Tupac, was memorable for her because 10 months after that, she texted me and said, hey, I have an amazing opportunity for you to audition for the All Eyes on Me film. Are you excited about this? And I was like, of course I'm excited. Like, I don't have a manager, I don't have agents. I don't even know how this happened, but I've been training for this day. I've been taking my acting classes. Um, and I remember I was set to come in and audition to portray the, uh, the character Ayanna Jackson. Sure. He's a difficult character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was literally me just like hysterically crying and, and accusing this man of raping me. And I'm like, mentally, I had to be in such a different place because I love Pac. Um, he just is such an incredible staple in our culture. And here I am like playing this other woman's role. <laughs> so mentally, I had to disconnect from my love and um, love for Tupac and then not judge the character and in that moment I just left it all on the table left it all in that room and as soon as I'm walking out one of the executive producers runs behind me and is like is all this information true like is this your information oh, wow. and at that moment I knew I got the role <laughs> at that moment did you, did you think I mean uh, and I talked to a lot of musicians who they think god I got a huge hit the next one, everyone after this is going to be amazing. Did you think it was just going to be easy from that point on? I sure did. I, I really thought it was going to be easy um, after that point. And somehow it wasn't. You know, it didn't. Yep. Um, I just knew, like, here, my, my career's you know, has landed. This was my first debut role. I did an amazing job. I'm on screen with amazing actresses like Kat Graham and Denise Rivera. Like I just knew I landed and that wasn't the case. Um, unfortunately, when the movie came out, you know, we, it, it still felt like I was ground, grinding. It still felt like I had to prove a point 
Um, and so I just went back to the drawing board and continued to take my classes and continue to grind, you know, and I just, I never take no for an answer. Like anytime someone tells me no, I hear yes. So, yep. so you know, when people say no, I'm like, it's up to me to make them say yes. It's up to me to make them say yes, because they have to see the yes in me. Um, and I'm, I'm just a firm believer of like never giving up. Like I've always had a warrior spirit. I've, I'm only five two, but like I have this incredible warrior spirit and I'm just never, ever going to quit. I'm never, ever going to give up. Um, and since then, I've been in shows like Bigger on BET and yep. Satial with Debbie Ryan. I love her on Netflix. Um, I did a TV One original film called uh, Stepping Back to Love. Was in How High 2 with DC Young Fly. Oh my gosh. And then uh, I did a film called Trap City with Clifton Powell, which was my first lead role, but it's being released the top of 2022. Thank God. Um, wow. Secret Society was actually like the burst that happened in my career because when I read this film, when I read the script, I was just blown away by like the big secret. And I was just like, if you guys haven't watched Secret Society, head over to Amazon Prime and please watch and make sure you grab your- uh, Top five, top five, top five. Grab your rosé. It's a great watch. <laughs> Um, but I definitely enjoyed playing the role of Tina because for one, I'm not going to let the secret out for those who haven't seen the film yet. Um, but just to let you guys know, we are, we to the top five, we were in the top five overall Amazon list, which is a huge feat. Um, there are so many huge studio release films and shows that we surpass. And it just is a testament that you guys really, uh, felt like the movie was relatable and you guys really loved it. And so I'm just so blessed and so excited to have been a part of that project. Um, Tina is such badass. <laughs> she's so unapologetic. She's a great friend to Celeste. Um, she's a ride or die, super loyal. Um, and she doesn't take no for an answer. You know, if you guys seen the film, you know, her past was very traumatic, uh, very traumatic. And it, it caused her to have this tough exterior, kind of like, you know, she, she walked around life thinking that her only option was just to not find real love because she never found that real love from her, her family or growing up. She was very traumatized. So she just thought the only thing she could get out of love was money and just use people. Um, but the one person that teaches her about love and what real love is, not only is her best friend Celeste, but she meets this incredible man named Derek who, opens her eyes up to, to real love. And, um, you know, it has such a fatal ending, but we are about to film part two. That's all I can say. And- um, Congrats, congrats. Part two is gonna be amazing. We have uh, Vivica Fox, Raina Love, who did an incredible job playing Celeste. Um, and this film was actually executed by- Is Beyonce. Jamal Hill directing again? Yes, Jamal Hill, he actually, he directed and he's just such an amazing teacher. Like while we were on set, we learned so much from him. Um, such an incredible director, such a cool guy. Uh, but yeah, that's my Secret Society family. We also have Jeremy, Me Jeremy Meeks, um, Trey Chaney, uh, so you, many actors. Erica, did you, was it your part to, to, to turn down or no? 
you said was it my part to turn down? Yes. Or is this something you auditioned for, you went after? Okay, so this is actually, it's funny because Miyasha and Jamal were actually looking for Tina. They were looking for Tina and they were looking for Celeste. And Miyasha mentioned my name to Jamal and he said, that's funny. I actually reached out to her team to audition for this role. So that's when I knew I was working and that's when I knew my hard work was paying off because here are these two incredible filmmakers and writers who both mentioned my name and I had never met either one of them before auditioning. So it's just a testament that you guys just keep doing the work, keep grinding. Someone somewhere is mentioning your name in a room full of opportunities. And while you're, while you're praying for that chance, you know, every single time you go out and every single time you're grinding, every morning when you wake up, you're planting those seeds. And so last year was my first time really seeing those seeds blossoming. And I'm just really grateful and excited. And now I get to meet who, people like you. <laughs> Thank you. Who's been in your corner? Who are, the, who are the one, two, or three people you'd shout out and say, they've been with me since the beginning. They've always believed in me. They've supported me. Man, where do I begin? There's so many people. Um, my daughter, Jada Bella, she's actually an actress herself. She was in Secret Society. She is my why. She is my why. Um, she is. I like that. She, she's my why. Every time I look at her, I'm just like, I got to get it. I got to get it. I got to get it. And she's such a great coach. She's such, I mean, she's young, but she's always like, Mom, go get him, Mom. I believe in you, Mom. So my, my baby girl has been in my corner since day one. My best friend, Jasmine, has been in my corner since day zero. You know, the days that I didn't believe in myself, she really believed in me. And it's funny, when I first moved to Atlanta, I actually met um, a couple of friends who are now huge, like, people in the music business and my, my other friend uh, she's a dentist now but we were all dreaming and we were all pouring into each other and when before we became who we are now we all looked at each other and said I believe in you so I think one of the most important things is having a circle of people even if it's three people yep. that are like you got this I believe in you when the world kicks you down and when the world makes you feel like you're nothing these people are going to remind you of your purpose and of your your value you know, is so make is, is, is there anything that you, you know, with the success now of Secret Society and you doing now number two to it, is there anything that you, you remind yourself to carry forward? Meaning just to, don't forget, you know, I, I constantly, you know, I'll tell Rick Ross all the time and he'll tell me like, you know, tomorrow the grinding starts all over. You got to keep doing yeah. it. Keep doing it. Don't give up. Yeah. Even if it's a great day, is there anything you say? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oof. Uh, there's just, you have to, you just have to stay the course. You have to stay the course. Um, and there are, the, there's going to be those days where you feel like failing. There's definitely going to be those days, but you literally have to stay the course every single day. When you wake up, just know like, okay, this, what you did yesterday doesn't count for tomorrow. Yep. Your your wins of yesterday still don't count for tomorrow. You still have to put those the score up. You still have to put the points on the board. And honey, a, a reminder of that is when you get bills every month. The first of every month, you're supposed to pay those bills. 
yesterday's wins do not count for today. And for me, it, um, it's not so much about the fame that's important to me. For me, it's the legacy. So I want my name, Erica Pinkett, to hold value, to hold weight one day. Um, so my daughter and her children will be able to reap the benefits of being my grandchildren or my daughter. You know what I mean? That's so important to me. Um, growing up, having come from a family that didn't have much, it is now my, my opportunity. I'm glad and I'm blessed that I'm able to give my daughter the things that I never had um, and instill in her you know, an entrepreneurial spirit, you know, a businesswoman spirit, you know, I think a lot of times our women grow up thinking that you're just supposed to be like a trophy wife and you're just supposed yep. to be beautiful. But for me, I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to add value to every room you walk in. You have to add value to every single relationship that you have. And beauty is just not enough. You have to be someone who adds value to, to everyone around you. Where do you get your inspiration from? Who out there, whether you know them or don't know them, do you look up to? Honestly, um, well, first of all, my favorite actors are Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. Wow, good one. They're, they're both goats, right? Al Pacino. I mean, there's just so many incredible goats. But I will honestly say that I inspire myself the most because I've been through things that most people would have used as an excuse to become addicted to drugs or, you know, out there doing strange things for money. You know, I had every reason to. I was in foster care. I was uh, abused growing up. I was abused as an adult. I was rejected. I had so many obstacles. I didn't come from a rich family at all. I came from a poor family. I had every single reason to quit. Everything that you can think of, things I, I, I will not name on this live were against me. And I, I just, I never gave up. Even if I had to sit down for five minutes and cry it out, just being human, I was so hard on myself. Like, no, get up because these things are put in your life to make you stronger for a reason. You know, so when I went out for the audition for All Eyes on Me, and I was really hysterical in that moment, people were like, whoa, you really like, um, you really channeled that energy. Where'd that come from? I was, I was sexually abused growing up as a child, you know, yeah. and so mentally I had to put myself, use that pain for power, use that, you know, every single thing that you all go, we all go through, you have to use that pain as power and fuel, like, I don't know if you guys remember Bobby Boucher from Waterboy, <laughs> but uh, he would always talk about tackling fuel. And so growing up, like that was my tackling fuel. You know, anything that was against me or any obstacle was just tackling fuel. Like, okay, we got this, you know, what else you got for me? You know? someone, someone just wrote in, uh, state the truth. Like to me, and a lot of people don't, do most people who are famous don't talk transparency why is yeah. it important to you to be transparent because i grew up not seeing myself in celebrities or you know be this little girl watching tv thinking whoa that's the epitome of success being on that screen and for me i'm like well that's not the epitome of success affecting 
positive affecting the culture positively is the epitome of success. Looking at your children, looking at your family and seeing everyone's healthy, everyone's happy, everyone's taken care of, that is the epitome of success. It's not, it's not the fame for me. And so I have to be transparent with people because no one, a lot of people aren't being transparent. A lot of people are living, you know, yep. this, this lie and they want everyone to think that, oh, it's so easy. It's not. It's not easy. It's and, not. Um, you know, you have to have strong people around you that are reminding you, keep going, keep going, keep going, because th life will beat you down. Life will definitely. The goats of whatever it is that they do. These people have been rejected many, many, many times, many times, told no yep. many times didn't, you know, started a career, quit that, restarted another career. It's never too late. You, you literally can wake up one day and be like, no, this is not for me. Go after what it is that make you happy. You have one life to live. You have one I, chance for this. I love it. So t tell, tell me, tell everybody, besides Secret Society 2, what else is coming up? I know there's talk of a book and a script, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I've been working on a script and a book for like the last three years, just slowly but surely coming together. Um, but now that I know how TV and film works behind the scenes, I actually wanted to get into production myself. So I have a group of friends who are writers and creatives. And so I'm just kind of cross networking to bring these uh, projects to life. But after we tape for Secret Society Part Two, I have two other films. Awesome taping consecutively after that and I have two in the can that are coming out this year I just came from Ghana filming a movie with uh, Lisa Ray who I like wow. grew up <laughs> so oh my god it, like oh, my, my passion is taking me all around the world to see beautiful places we were in Ghana filming a movie for 30 days and I'm on camera with some of Nollywood's most biggest actresses and actors and you know so we merged hollywood culture that's and awesome culture and uh this this film is going to be incredible it comes out the top of 2022 as well so that's going to be on I'm netflix a, i'm a huge fan of africa we do so many interviews we're trying to do more music uh together between artists in africa and the u.s i'm a huge fan but eric oh. i, I it's my first time meeting you. I'm a huge fan of you personally. Um, I, your attitude, your your ability to give back truth, um, mm -hmm. uh, everything you you say. I, again, I, I relate to in the sense of you need to hear these stories because it debates whether it's your daughter or or the next person who's growing up who who needs who who needs to know that. Uh, uh, they can do anything. It's just awesome. But I wish you all the success. I, I can't. I, I, stay busy. Stay busy. You're doing it. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was so nice meeting you. And I'm so, listen, your brand has helped me celebrate some of my favorite moments. Okay. So. <laughs> Thank you. And we'll keep doing it. We'll keep celebrating. If I can support you in any way, please ask. We'll go start producing your own, uh, your own films. We'll, we'll get behind you on that. All right. They definitely will. Thank you and cheers.
<laughs> cheers, everybody. Cheers, 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 everybody. Have a great rest of your week, Erica. Thank you. Bye-bye, right. everybody. Bye, guys. Love you all.